0: Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. I have to tell you something, people. um, It's a weird show today. You know, I started the show probably three and a half, four years ago. And my first time I did it, and now I have about 400 episodes under my belt. And you can go get 320 at my website, coopertalk.net. But my first guest I, I had no idea what I was doing I'd never been on radio and she was a comic and I was booking a show called Cooper's Angels and it was all an all-female show and I didn't know her and I reached out and I got her on the show and she was my guest and I was clueless I had to play music back then believe it or not I had to play like half music and half of these lame ads and at one point because I was nervous I don't know why because if you break the system down it's not hard it's like it's a button here a button there but you know when you're new to something and i never turned the mic off and i always think thank god we weren't talking crap about somebody because comics are like that we can be a little bit you know catty and we didn't say anything and then i went oh my god holy crap the the, the mic's on but this is my first guest ever and she's back after all that time it's amy treasure how you doing amy good
1: i'm glad to be back and yeah. now you know what you're doing i, I don't have to de you anymore exactly i know i mean but
0: you know i was sitting there going what do, i did not know what to talk to you about and, and now i've learned a lot more about you because i always do my research on my guests it's good and i know you know i know you from doing comedy but Mm -hmm. now i never knew your father was this this great comedy writer
1: yeah yeah that's where i got it from i was raised by you know one of the funniest men on the planet but uh yeah i didn't realize it until i saw that list that his movie was like number four of the like the top comedy yeah yeah. i mean that's not exactly like his you know he's done other stuff like Iger sanction and cool hand luke and stuff like that but he uh sent that to me and we were like you know a lot of people love that movie i mean i remember being in mexico when he was filming when i was like 13 Silly, I mean, but it is funny. Well, yeah, but it's like anything. It's those old movies. I think wasn't George Hamilton in it? it, it he was, and he was like a beefcake. He was just—he totally. was good. Like he was in the Dracula at
0: last I mean, he was and all those. Now, you know, your father got into business. Now, when you were younger, you regret? Did you go on a set a lot with him? I mean, you said, yeah, with-
1: you know, I went to the studios with him, and we went on on, on set when he would, uh, and on location when he would film and that kind of stuff. He really tried to protect me from that whole world as much as possible. You know, I grew up kind of in a bubble. I mean, I didn't, you know. I, when I got off to college at you know seventeen eighteen, I was a virgin. I'd never drank. I'd never done drugs. You know, he had kept me in this sort of bubble, trying to keep his kid, you know, with a sense of values in Hollywood. He wrote a Newsweek article about it in the eighties.
0: Now, what did you want to do? I mean, where'd you go to college first off?
1: Uh, I went to Santa Cruz for a year, and then I transferred and I went to uh, Emerson in Boston. Okay, now did you want to perform, or any did you? Did no, you... I wanted to write. And uh, my dad said, "You're not going to learn anything from ri- about writing from college. You're going to learn it from doing it, and from me, and from reading." And so he said, you need to study something practical, like advertising. So and so I did. And I couldn't have cared less about it.
0: Now, how did you adjust? <laughs> I mean, you're, an East Co- you're a West Coast kid, and you're going to Boston, which I mean, I grew it's up in It's freezing. Up I fell yeah. down yeah.
1: all the time. I broke my elbow once. I, you know, I wouldn't wear those, you know, snowshoes. I was like, a, it was the, you know, what, the uh, late 80s. I was wearing cowboy boots. I fell down all the time. That's I froze funny. my ass off. So did I mean, so you took advertising, so you, then you graduated. Yeah, I came back to LA, and I was like, I want to be an actress. And my uh, my godmother, my dad's girlfriend for like eight years, was a huge casting director named Jane Feinberg, Fenton and Feinberg. And they were like, oh God, not acting. Like, do any, like be a potter, be a drug dealer, like do anything but fucking acting. And uh, I tried it for a little while and it just didn't feel like a good fit. I just, my personality is too big, I can't, I want to be me. I don't want to like submerge myself into another character. It's just not, I'm not that egoless, I'm not that, I can't get myself in a box enough. And it wasn't interesting to me, so... Uh, I went off and I did a bunch of stuff I went to San Francisco I did spoken word poetry slam scene when that was big in the early 90s I did fashion for seven years and then uh, I came back to LA and I was getting sober and sharing in the rooms where all the lushes congregate to fucking kick their habits and you know, my shares were hysterical and a bunch of comics came up and they said, you should do comedy. I'm like, really? And so I started doing stand-up and I did stand-up for, I guess, four or five years. Because I met you when you were doing stand-up. <laughs> but now you really don't do stand-up anymore. No, I haven't done stand-up for the last, like, two years. See, I don't really do. Cause I, for me, I just, it's just, the scene's lame.
0: I, I, I mean, it's, it's something that, I mean, I'd rather do this and I'd rather do others. I am doing a, a storytelling show at iOS, West, but I just, I don't know, For it's just, it's well, especially because you're recovering, there's a lot of negativity around the stand up scene. I mean, well,
1: yeah. And it's like my whole act was about my ex husband. And like when I got, uh, when that marriage collapsed and I relapsed and I tried to kill myself, I mean, it was a really, really heavy time. And I just felt too vulnerable to be on stage. I mean, yeah, the stories are hilarious about my arrest and my community labor. And yeah, you know, it's it's amazing material. But it's like I also just wanted to, As a, can you swear? Uh, yeah, but just see, you already <laughs> set up a few. i to keep the upside. Right, know, I wanted to drop the story of who I thought I was crazy and broken and a drug addict and this. And it was like, you know, and, and stand up is very much about, you know, your pain and your how broken you are and how screwed up you are. And I really wanted to turn around and kind of have a point of, you know, like liberation and redemption where I turned it around and remade myself and didn't say, look how broken I am and crazy I am and that kind of stuff. And uh, so I just took a break, and I don't really miss it. It's, yeah, I mean, for me, it's like every once in a while, I used to host my friend's restaurant
0: and a little bar, and it would be fun because I'd just book like five acts, and it'd be an hour show, and I would just like, book people i know we yeah. just do it in front of each other but a lot of it's just so monotonous out here because there's so many acts and, and they want you to hang out it's like i'm not watching it's
1: a lot of 30, time i'm old you know months. what i mean it's like you know i'm I'm 45 now it's like i don't want to be out till one in the morning like hanging out and it's like you know and there's not really money to be made until you're on tv or like when i went on that tour i went on that big sober tour with ian yeah. harvey and felon o'reilly and that was awesome we made money we traveled and it was such a great experience Um, and believe me everyone's like you were one of the best you should come back you're hilarious no one's like you you know and never say never I guess but um, you know now I write I write for a living I I have been a columnist for a magazine called The Fix which is an addiction recovery magazine for the last three plus years (coughs) Uh, I've written pieces for Refinery29 and Cosmo Latina and you know all these a couple of women's like sex mags and uh, and now I'm assisting this uh, syndicated advice columnist that's my new gig um, See, that's cool, because so actually, I mean, what kind of advice are you giving? I mean, are you, are you giving Well, I don't advice? give the advice. She gives the advice. Probably don't do anything that Amy's done in her life. I right. like, do the opposite of whatever Amy's done. Probably her advice. Um, no, I just punch her stuff up, make jokes, and come up with questions. It's like a love, sex, and relationship advice column, but based all on science, like psychological research and evolutionary research. So it's fascinating. She's incredibly bright. So I'm learning a lot, and I come up with questions just based on my horrible love life. She's like, "These are amazing." I'm like, <laughs> "Well, it's funny because I always say, well, first of all, you know, you're you when you were on last time, yeah,
0: you had just you'd been married for a little bit, yeah, and you had met him in rehab, I believe. Or, no, I would
1: met in, him in AA.
0: AA, yeah, okay. Now that didn't work. No, and so <laughs> and the, did did you go into? Relapse? Before, I mean, during the relationship? Yes. Or was it after? Yes.
1: In the end of that marriage, I got a shoulder injury, and they prescribed me oxy cotton. Why do they do?
0: I mean, I just I mean, seriously, because you're you're recovering addict, and you think it's like it's like anything. I take heart medication.
1: Okay, mm-hmm.
0: I know I can't take you know.
1: Of course, I can't but take the that, pain that was that my, my ex owns a rehab, and um, it was a doctor, and the pain was so excruciating that there are times when you you know you have to have pain relief. You can't just get by on you know tramadol and advil you know you just can't and uh but i was in a period where the marriage was crumbling and i i I just instead of, i withdrew into my addiction i mean for me it's so biological too i mean once that stuff hits my system it's on it's just like a vacuum opens up inside me and i it's it's a it's horrific and it's all genetic for me it's all in my in my family i have a massive amount of addiction and mental illness in my family so um yeah, so then things got kind of crazy, and there was a domestic violence incident, and I got arrested. And, uh, you know, and all of it was, you know, poured into hilarious fix articles where, you know, I'm the, uh, I got 30 days of community labor. I said, that's funny because I saw you, because back when I was like uh,
0: 17, <laughs> I was down to Ocean City, New Jersey, and I got arrested. Me and my buddy were out at like one in the morning, and I had to do community service. Oh. It was like cleaning stuff. But what's weird is this was a, a nice little jersey beach town Mm -hmm. but even then i was like i felt like you know these kids were like i i I guess i was selling acid and i was stole a jet ski and i was like oh i uh, knocked over a lifeguard stand but for you it must have been weird because you're this white girl it was i I mean you must have dealt with there must have been some freaking
1: creeps well okay it was not community service it was community labor okay so okay so you're not which is way gnarlier so so what's the difference so community service is like you can you know work in a thrift shop or okay. you can you know what i mean community labor is physical labor for eight hours like you know like doing the uh like cleaning the freeway like that kind so So i had to orange the orange vest. yeah i was not i didn't get to choose anything i was made to do this something called the hollywood beautification team which is cleaning painting over graffiti and cleaning trash sweeping trash for eight hours in the hot sun in, in on hollywood in hollywood so it was me And like 40 Mexican guys that had DUIs. And they were like, hey, man, I'm like this skinny white Jew. I'm like one of the only girls, the only, you know what I mean, the only white person. And just, you know, people, if you see Amy, I mean, you would sit there and go, this
0: has to be one of those prank shows. Because it does, she does, She's she's like, looks like a Sarah Jessica Parker type. She's a
1: skinny little white girl. And she's with all these Mexicans. I mean, they must have just harassed you um i i got a little bit of sexual harassment but honestly they were like what you here for weta you know i'm here for dui i'm like i'm here for assault with a deadly weapon they were like oh (laughs) shit you know so it was uh yeah they backed the fuck off when uh when they heard that it was mortifying and it was life-changing and i decided i was like this can either be the worst thing that ever happened to me or the best thing that ever happened to me and uh I just—it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, it was incredibly. I ran into someone that I dated like seven years ago, and there I am in my tan clean team <laughs> shirt with a fucking broom and paint all over my face, a bun, you know. And I, I was like, "How sorry are you that you didn't get on this ride, huh?" You know, he's in his suit going to the. I was like, "Oh, this is so mortifying." See, I would think one of the hardest things too is it's like you know we
0: talk about this every, in everyday life if people who hate their jobs. Like my, my girlfriend hated her old job at the end. So every day, and you know, we've all hated jobs and it's just excruciating to get up. You're like, oh, I don't want to go to work, but that's like a job for you. It must've sucked. Cause you're going, holy crap yeah, I've this, never this worked so hard for no
1: money yeah right. I've never worked I, you know it's like it was eight hours I'd come home I was so tired I just was like oh this is what it's like to be a working man I was like I need a blowjob and a sandwich and silence I just and my roommate you know I've been, was, I've been in sober living for the last two years and my roommate was like oh my god this guy blocked me on Facebook and like my spray tan's too dark and I'm like I have human feces on me like shut the fuck up oh that's it <laughs> how, how, how did you how, when you went
0: into sober living how does that work do they assign you or I mean is you no,
1: know, my sober living is very, very chill. It's a very small house with only three other girls. The uh, house manager lives there. It's her house. She just had a baby about a year ago. I'm actually the nanny. I'm. Who knew that a felon drug addict would be such a great uh, nanny? Well, but, you're
0: used to the feces, so it works. <laughs> so there you go.
1: Yeah. Um, but uh, I've become this little girl's like kind of second mom, her aunt, and I take care of her almost every day. And it's been... Totally transformative. Now, do they place you? I mean, is that how you, get, you ended up in that house? I mean, or do you just no, find it, you or? get. To, I, got, I chose. First, they put me in uh, a men's sober living in Tarzana. It was me and eight dudes, that's what which is great for a recovering sex addict. That right. was awesome. So, destroyed that household very quickly. Um, and then I transferred to a women's sober living. Now, Doreen, I noticed, I
0: remember when you were doing this community service, that's when I saw, started seeing a lot of your posts.
1: Now, I had to make a joke out of yeah, it. I had, otherwise, I wasn't going to get through it. Yeah, is, is that what helped you get through it? Oh, I of think- course. Everyone loved those posts. They thought they were so funny. I would say all the things were happening. I would take pictures of stuff that was, you know, that we found on the street, and uh, people were bummed when. When it ended, they were like, "I'm sorry, you finished your community yeah. service, we're, and that your, your charges got dismissed we're gonna because plant that yeah. was hilarious." We're going to
0: plant something in your purse because we want to see you back out. <laughs> yeah, there
1: they were like, "That was the funniest stuff ever." Now, do the people that that run this? Did
0: any of them find out about your posts? I mean, or is, is there? No,
1: no, 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 no. No one's on Facebook. No.
0: Now, you, were you writing also for different were those posts going to different publications, or just on no?
1: Facebook? That was just Facebook. I wrote a piece. I wrote two pieces for two different recovery magazines about my experience doing community labor. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that was just that. One was on The Fix and one was on After Party Chat. So you, you get done.
0: Yeah. You get done your community.
1: And service. I had to do a year of domestic violence counseling. Okay, now what's that? In? I mean, okay,
0: because now was it, did you hit him? Or wasn't it when you, I think you read it, was a butter knife or was it something?
1: I like? pulled a knife on him. I was high and the things got physical between us. And he's a quite a big man and... uh I pulled a knife, and I threatened him, and he called the cops on I me, and I got arrested. So, and so now you have to go, now what do they teach you in this domestic I mean, it's... About, you know, anger management, and processing your feelings. I mean, there was a girl there that had gotten in a DUI, and she had grabbed the guy's glasses and ground them into the ground with her high heel, drunk. She was there, and another chick, this, this, this sort of voluptuous Persian chick, uh, had walked on her ex-boyfriend's Ferrari in her stilettos, so she was there. And then another woman had pulled a knife on her kid, and she was there. And then there were a bunch of, like, Hasidic Jewish Orthodox women who were actually physically abused by their husbands, and they were there. So all the abusers and the abusees were in the same group. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's like you uh, you have a book. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I it was so bizarre. It was so bizarre. And I was, of course, just, you know, making jokes the whole time, totally obnoxious. And it was every Sunday morning for a year. Now, how did the other people react to you? Because you, you are joking around, and it's like, you know— I'd cry, too. I mean, it was a very difficult time. I was going through my divorce and I was really, really processing a lot of stuff. I had a lot of shame around the incident. Uh, I had a lot of regret. I wasn't like the best wife. You know, I mean, if I could, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I would have been a better wife. I was quite feral when he married me. So uh, I've changed a lot since then.
0: That's good. So, so you're sitting there. So you get you get out of this. You get out of the thing, and you, know, you decide to start really concentrating on writing.
1: And yeah, and I did I did a YouTube uh, variety show called El Show, which was like a a sketch interview show with Chewy Martinez, who's like a Kiss FM DJ. And I did uh, I don't know twelve episodes of that for YouTube, and then it got parlayed into a pilot for HLN. And Joan Rivers was in the opening. God rest her soul. Uh, and then I don't know what's going on with that pilot. We haven't really heard anything. Well, how did that yet. come about? I mean, did you have uh, a friend it? A friend of mine from college uh, was the set designer, and they said, we need someone raunchy who can write, you know, schlong jokes and who's a guy and, you know, urban. And he said, I've got the perfect person. And so I sent some uh, samples in with my writing partner, and uh, we got the job the next day. We're in the office, and we were at the YouTube studios, at Google studios for the next two weeks.
0: Now, do you like that way of writing when you have to go to an office? Because I, I know a lot of comics, you know, who... That, well, we
1: were writing on the se- on the set a lot, and we would write together. I have a great uh, writing partner, and um, it was fun. It was very stressful. The hours were very long, and when we wrapped, I got immediately ill. And you know, I'm a princess. I'm not used to working like that. Yeah, so yeah, it's like, from hard labor to this labor, it's like, come on. <laughs> now, now, I got to talk to you about, now, I
0: am not familiar because I'm in a relationship. I've been for what, two, almost three years. Uh, what is- Tinder? Uh, yes, because I see- them, <laughs> I, Okay, it, it's so funny. It, it used to be everybody on Facebook would put J-date. That was that was a big thing. And, I uh, can't date stuff. Jews. I'm not interested in Jews. But, I got to mix up my bloodline. You know what I'm saying? But remember, like, that was like the big- funny, I grew up in a Jewish town. It The best thing was I'm not Jewish. So all the Jewish girls- You're like, not? No. I'm, 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 oh, you seem so Jewish. I'm Presbyterian. you seem like such a heave. Oh, from my God. I'm in New Jersey, but it was great. Everyone I was <laughs> Jewish. And us Christian guys, we were probably, there's my town was like 90% Jewish. Us Christian guys, all the girls slept with us because we were practiced, because they were all going to marry their Jewish husband and not put out. So we would sit there and we love it. I mean, I dated Jewish girls all through high school. Yeah, we're, like, the you know, we're the best. We're the best. So, because oh, no, uh, J date, though, everyone was making jokes and talking about J date. Now it's Tinder. Now, what exactly is Is Tinder just a hookup site? Is it a well, dating site? It's what both.
1: Is, it's, you know, I mean, is it a dating site? It's almost a video game. I call it eBay for cock. That's what I call it. I mean, it's like there's pictures and you either swipe right or you swipe left. If you're attracted to the person, there's a couple a couple lines of profile. And if you match with the person, a chat window opens up and you can chat with them. I mean, I've dated a couple people off there. Nothing serious. It's mostly like a hookup app. I mean, you know, one guy I was talking to, I said, "How what's your Tinder experience been? And he said, well, it's sort of like, I like your face. That's what they should call it. Because he said, and I guess that's just as, uh, you know, as... a a decent way to meet someone hey girl i like your face but i mean again you can have you know some interesting chat chemistry and then you meet them in person and you're like no or you know sometimes it's kind of like grinder for straight people it's just like a hookup like that's that's really what i think it's best for because the people that i've met on there are all sociopaths and sex addicts and i mean it's it's definitely a uh you know an interesting pool of wackos now, now, what do you put for your age? Because you look, you said you're forty-five. You look, well, like, you, look like, from, you look like thirty-eight. You look. It younger. comes from Facebook, so you can't change your age. Oh, okay. So, so I am forty-five on there. So people, oh, so it goes from Facebook. And but I still, 30 year olds, I still nail ro- thirty-year-olds. I still rob the cradle. Well, you I look mean, young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they know. see the picture. They're like, "You are not 45 I'm like, "I am." Yeah, but. That's you have to. That's great, though. So now, it's just
0: funny. But you, but thing is, you comment on it, which is, it's funny. Now now, would you would it bother you if people were commenting on you? I mean, I'm sure it's. I'm there's, sure there's other people going. Now, does that bother you? You're like screw it people commenting if, on if, me if, if, okay, you put tinder like oh i met this guy how does this sound because you, you always put a funny little thing about yeah but i'm so
1: self-effacing i mean you know i you know i went on a, a date with a cop an ex-cop an ex narc and i said on facebook i said so exactly when do you tell this person that you're like you know a raging drug addict with like a domestic violence arrest yeah, that, that's not that ever come you up? know or yeah i told him what he said we had breakfast and i said when when do i tell you about my arrest and he said whenever and i wasn't really interested so i just dropped it right there God, this will make him run away so, it's amazing though you can be tell people you're like oh you know i've been in rehab seven times in the psych ward four times and you know i tried to stab my ex-husband and they're like yeah but you're hot you yeah. i mean you wear a 26 pant and like that mouth and you know who cares it's just amazing it's just it's so
0: funny this way guys are and it, it's it, it is so
1: to a level where it's like oh yeah but she's hot and it's so true my ex-wife was a
0: nutcase but but she was hot. And right. I, I, the guys I was, don't care. Guys yeah, don't I, care. Was, I was younger. I was like, yeah, you know i you know, I'm a
1: hot one, guy. one guy's opening was How crazy are you? on a scale from one to ten and it's I said, true. It depends on how much of a jerk you are How's that for the answer? Now, so are you? Are you? But you're just meeting lousy guys. Now Have you tried any other websites?
0: Like my my buddy said, eHarmony. He got so much ass from eHarmony. He told, he went on that. He said that was like he
1: was on a bunch of them. He said that, eHarmony that was is owned best. by Christians, so that's weird to me. But um, I did I did okay Cupid for a while, and I just it's too much work, and you know also people that you're not interested in can contact you, and so I just um it's weird because I really wanted to get on Tinder to get away from dating in. A. Okay. Dating in the rooms and almost everyone I meet on there is sober. I'm like, fuck. So, you know, it just, it's that radar. You just have that radar for other people.
0: Now, is that a big thing? Dating in a room? Is that, I mean, I've, I've heard Oh that's yeah. I've thing.
1: written a zillion articles about dating in the rooms. It's a nightmare. I mean, you know, someone said, you know, the odds are good that you'll meet someone, but the goods are odd. I mean, right. it's the most broken people in the world. No one comes to, you know, the program when they're in a good place in their life. They come when everything's falling apart. So now, how
0: do you keep up with your sobriety? Is it hard for you? I mean, keep up, with, keep up with what? How do you keep being sober? Is it hard for you? Do you go to meetings? I mean, is it? a Oh yeah, no.
1: I um, well, I, you know, I've been sober on and off for twenty years. So I had seven years without the program, and then I've you know been a, a pretty. I've relapsed a lot. So um, yeah, no. I mean, sober living. I have a sponsor. I go to meetings. I have sponsees. You know, I stay pretty suit. You know, pretty. With my feet in the program, but um, I don't think it's the only way to get sober. And I don't think, you know, I think there's other ways. I don't think it works for everyone, but uh, I, it is difficult for me there. I mean, you know, right now I am chewing nicorette, smoking cigarettes, and smoking e cigs. So, so, so wait, e-cigs
0: are the e was is that the vape thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had, yeah, I had whooping cough for six weeks, so I stopped vaping. Like, who gets whooping cough? Like, am I a four year old from the twenties? Like, who get what's next? Polio? Like consumption? I mean, rickets. Yeah, rickets, I mean, rickets. really whooping cough? And I still got laid. I was like, I have a wet cough, and I'd say, I got so I had a limp, and guys were still like, you're hot. I don't care. <laughs> You're hawking up mucus and you're limping. I don't care. I don't care.
0: <laughs> so the smoking is fair because when I got out of the hospital, I had a heart condition. I gave up smoking right there. I mean, I gave up smoking. But you're
1: not an addict. Two and
0: a half years. But I, I was a big drinker. I gave up a lot of shit. I mean, but I mean, I'm not. But it, smoking, I'm glad I gave it up. Oh, it's disgusting. But, it's like, but doesn't the. doesn't it's a struggle the, for Doesn't me. the, the Nicarette with the cigarette, doesn't make your head feel like it's going to explode?
1: Yeah, but that's what I like. <laughs>
0: You're talking to someone who used to shoot cocaine in their neck, Cooper. No, how... Okay, now, how, mm-hmm. do, how do you... Okay, I had heard, like, when I read about Motley Crue, they used to shoot Jack Daniels. Back That's when gnarly.
1: Was, I wish I had done that before they, I got it, sober. That I was mean,
0: amazing. Because, I mean, you all know the story about Nikki Six. He they, mm-hmm. they said he was dead uh. at the hospital. He got... And it reported it. And they said, no, no, he was legally dead. He got up, went out, he picked up... I think Mick Mars picked him up with his bathrobe, hospital robe, drove to his house and did the biggest bump of heroin of course and so it's like so with you how you know, how does someone do, I mean I've done coke everyone's done coke I went the college in the 80s how does someone decide to shoot And do you, is it Do you? well I was a death? tweaker
1: I was a meth head in my 20s and now I have epilepsy okay now,
0: do you think that uh, oh enough? I
1: know it is that's you know I saw a neurologist I started having grandma seizures when I was living in Paris five years clean and he's like did you do a lot of drugs and I was like ooh and I have hyperactive lesions on my brain now so I had a seizure last one was uh, December
0: now I I think I saw something about my face because they take you to the hospital or everything like that is it it
1: scary yeah I mean it's terrifying because I have no aura so I just am talking to you and then I wake up on the floor uh, and I have no idea what happened and you know I've fallen backwards and cracked my head open I fall forwards with broken teeth I mean it's a nightmare it's really a nightmare I've lost my license for a while I mean it's under control with medication now but uh, you know one email from my ex-husband and I was like (laughs) you know it's crazy it's super you know stress can do it not sleeping enough can do it uh, energy drinks can do it but um as you're drinking energy i know i am some drinking <laughs> what well, does have taurine taurine is the killer and i like to live on the edge man i'm a thrill seeker um i gotten out of rehab and i relapsed and i was snorting coke this was like eight years ago or something and uh <clears throat> i contacted another kid that i know had also relapsed to party with him and he was a junkie He was shooting speed balls and he said to me, why are you snorting coke? You should be shooting it. It's so much better and it's better high and you save money. And I just relapsed out of another, you know, $30,000. And I was like, okay, why not? Like, I'm obviously a drug addict. I'm never going to get sober. Like, let's just do this. And so then I started doing that. And that was the next six to nine months of my life. And it was horrible. So you you did it a lot. Oh, yeah. It was horrific. And I would have it. I would shoot coke and I would have a seizure. And I would, instead of going, hey, I shouldn't shoot coke because I have epilepsy, I'd be like, well, this is obviously a high impact sport for me. So I need to wear like protective gear. So I'd like shoot coke in a bike helmet in case I crack my head (laughs) open or like shoot coke in a pit of pillows like or go, oh, that was too much of a shot. Like, let's wait 20 minutes and put more water like that was too much. Never was I like, oh, I should not do this that's amazing I mean it's amazing you're alive which is oh ideal. I
0: know but it's just I mean the stories and it's so funny and the good thing about you is that you actually talk about it a lot of people hide addiction you know, some comics I mean someone also who talks about it has great stories is Rich Scheidner and, I love Rich. And Rich is
1: a Rich is amazing. Rich's South girlfriend year. was uh, was was very helpful to me in getting sober again. Yeah, Rich is a South Jersey guy, so we become very he's good friends. He's wonderful. And his stories that he
0: writes are just great about his you know his cocaine days. But he's sober a that, long time. Yeah, but I'm saying, but for you, it's great that you can actually you can write this and joke about it because a lot of people don't. I mean, with someone, do you ever know people that you sit there and say, just write it today? I mean, some people are just afraid. I mean, how what do you think of that? Well, I
1: mean, I, honestly, it's like. Uh, you know, Philip Roth says, you know, nothing's a bad experience. It's all material. And I, you know, for writing for The Fix, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. The gnarlier the story, the the better it is. You know, they love it. And also, you know, I, I think you have to have humor about it. I don't think shame is helpful. I really don't. It's like, that's been my life. It's made me who I am. I can't go back. Um, And it's helped people. I get letters from people where they're like, oh, my God, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for making me laugh. I feel so much better. I don't feel alone now. And and that's awesome. But what's happening now is that people on Tinder can research me because I'm a public figure. And they can read all about my domestic violence and my sex addiction and my intravenous drug use. And so, you know. There's been a lot of first dates when then they'd research me and they're like, ooh, you know, and it's like, I'm more than my story. So, I, I don't think I realized, because when I, I started writing all that stuff when I was married, I didn't think, I, I don't think I thought it through that, wow, this stuff's going to be on the internet forever and it's going to impact my romantic life. I mean, the job I got now, she loves that I've been arrested. She thinks it makes me edgy. I never thought that being in jail would be would help me get a job, but it did. But I can say I think anything. It's like you said, it's an advice come. I think it's
0: people always want something that adds. And but you're. You're edgy, but you're intelligent, and I think people want that because people always, you know, the old thing living vicariously. Of course, it's, it's, they sit there and go, well, you know, I
1: couldn't do this, but man, if I didn't think just, I could do this, but, you think I wanted this stuff to happen no, in my saying, life? I'm saying. a nice Jewish girl from Beverly Hills. I graduated magna cum laude. you think I thought I'd be a, a junkie and a you know a but, violent but, felon? Come the, on, but you were viable. but You know, I don't. I see, I don't. I don't. The felony, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. No, upset. it was just, a felony arrest, but it got dropped to a misdemeanor. Because I'm sorry, it was like it was, I'm sorry, you didn't stab
0: anyone. You pulled a knife. Hey, you know what? Big deal. I'm saying it's it's like you're married. I don't believe in that. I, I would never uh-huh. hit a woman. I would never do it But I mean, my ex-wife used to throw my shit over the, the balcony. Of course, that's like, marriage. I would never sit like, there and go, "Hey, wait a second. That's that's you know, you know, domestic. yeah, well." So, so the fix. Exactly. What is the fix, man? The fix is
1: an addiction recovery magazine. It's online. It's called the thefix.com. One X or two X's. One X. Okay. And I've written probably forty pieces for them. All some interviews, a lot of autobiographical stories. Uh, like me being in the psych ward, my suicide attempts, my relapses uh about medication, about it, you know the program, I mean everything, and I'm not a representative of you know. Of any 12-step program i'm a representative of me so i say exactly what i think and i piss off a lot of people
0: now how did you go about getting the job with the fix did you just sit there and submit you heard No, about it, anna
1: or? david was the editor at the time and she knew me uh from the rooms and she there she wanted someone to write a piece about sex and dating in a.a and when i got sober before i was married i was fairly active in that area And, uh, she thought I would be funny and I was a comic and she thought I would have some good stories. And so I wrote a piece and it did really well. And then I started writing for them freelance and then I became a columnist. So you constantly write a lot for them. I mean, I haven't lately. I've been with, with, uh, with a nanny job and this new advice column. Uh, I haven't written for them. I owe them some pieces and I haven't really messed up my life enough for anything interesting lately. I, you know, now that I'm kind of have it together I'm not sure what to write about. A lot of my stories were very car wreck stories. You know, the last piece was about me dating a 30 year old newcomer who was polyamorous, and his polyamory the you know the uh, answer to you know sex addiction and that kind of stuff. So.
0: So, so it's, it's just, I mean, you just—I mean—you just write about your past dates. So I mean, you don't you know, people don't want to hear just about your car wreck? I'm sure you the people want to. No,
1: I mean car wreck as your car wreck of your my no, life. Yeah, you know. that's what I mean. I, oh. I know what you're saying, but
0: I'm saying I think people now, as you're getting sober and you're growing, you're, you you know—I think people probably want to see that because you know.
1: Of car, course, there's got to be a point, like I said, of redemption where you get it together and that kind of stuff. It's like—I um, mean, I have even when I'm going through all my dark stuff, I have a lot of insight. I've been in a lot of therapy. You know, I was married to a psychiatric social worker, like I know exactly the inner workings. That's that's the problem. It's like self knowledge avails us nothing. It's like I can see why I'm doing what I'm doing, but I still can't always stop myself. And that's a weird place to be. Now you said you piss
0: a lot of people off with some of your
1: I don't I don't ever read any of the comments. I've heard, you know, people who are very into the program get really mad, people who aren't into the program think I'm too programmed, you know, i I'm not too I'm not programmed enough, like who knows? Like they think that I'm you know you know slutty or crazy or you know whatever i'm not working a good program because i keep relapsing whatever i don't read the comments my father said to me he said never ever read the comments or reviews he said because if they're good you think you should well win a nobel prize and if they're bad you think you should you know throw yourself and your typewriter out the window
0: now how does your father react to all your writing he He doesn't read
1: the sex stuff
0: (laughs) well i mean yeah i'm sure
1: he knows what you know some of my past behavior has been but he doesn't read that stuff Um, He thinks it's great. He thinks I'm, you know, he's very proud of me. He's very proud of me. He's all about my dad does a lot of volunteer work now. He thinks I'm funny and honest and real. And, you know, he's my biggest, my biggest fan. Now, would you ever write a book about this? I mean, would you ever sit there? I mean, I, mean, I want to write a book. You
0: could write a self-help book. I mean, this, I, mean, I
1: want to write a book. And uh, that's that's one of the things that's cool about this new job is that her last assistant got a book deal and she's had a couple of book deals. And so that's really the good connection for this job is, is you know, getting a, a book proposal together and that kind of stuff. Now, what would your
0: book be about if you wrote it? What would you say? Here's my if someone said, OK, pitch me a book. What would you pitch?
1: It? I'm not sure. You know, my dad and I have an idea for an epistolary novel between a father and daughter kind of thing. Um, so I'm still kicking around some ideas. I wanted to, I, I, I pitched to Amazon Kindle. I wanted to write, uh, a short, uh, like a, a, single about, uh, my community labor and sex edition called Picking Up Trash, but they didn't go for it. I thought it would have been really funny and great and gory and that kind of stuff, but they just, didn't go for it. Can't you just self-publish? I can, but you know, it's like i just uh i'm kind of bored with my own stuff now other people find it really amusing but it's like i'm really trying i mean i'd love to get married again i want to you know i i just i want to i want to settle down and uh i've learned a lot and and so i mean again you just all this stuff goes in cycles you can you know the drug addiction the sex addiction the crazy you know i'm a little bit bipolar i don't know if that's like being a little bit pregnant but you know (laughs) i have some mood stuff going on so um, but I'm a totally different person than I was a couple of years ago I'm really really changed
0: now have you uh, do you think about comedy writing I mean besides just punching up have you thought about writing screenplays or anything yeah
1: I have a hard time with screenplays I can't I'm not good at doing other people's voices. I mean, like, my ideal thing would be to write for, like, Orange is the New Black or something. Like, that's my favorite show. And, uh, or, you know, I heard Downey, Robert Downey Jr. had a, has a show about rehab in the 80s that he's working on. And I'd love to write on something like that. Um, I'm not great at structure. I'm good at, you know, I don't know if that's from being a comic or writing, you know, or, or writing magazine pieces. But I'm sure I'm better in short I'm not a mar- I'm a sprinter. I'm not a marathon runner. Okay, yeah, kind of thing. That, you know that, what that,
0: I mean? A lot of comics like that. I think because you do the punch up, you do this. I mean, it's something that when you sit there and go wow, it has to be 120 pages mm-hmm. and this. year like, I've
1: that? started many novels and they're just sitting on my computer. Now, what are some of your novels about? They're all autobiographical about my story. So all why of you, them. Why
0: don't you just finish them? You have a great mm-hmm. story. I mean, I sit there. You know, I mean, just from this. I mean, just you could. It's
1: you oh, know, I you know I, I help run uh, a show for Tammy Joe Deeren at the store every Saturday and uh, Eric the uh, the manager is like you know he thinks i'm hilarious and he's like you should get back on stage he's like just you're just this last your nervous breakdown and your relapse and your arrest that's two hours of amazing comedy material right there because that's what comedy is about it's like take your pain and make it funny and that's what i do in my magazine pieces too because that's the only way to get through it otherwise you just want to die you know it's like that's to me and sometimes maybe i'm inappropriate in meetings and i but i i try and bring some levity you know, some gallows humor, because what are we going to do? Be like, I totally messed up my life. This is horrible. It's like, well,
0: at least you're not you're not playing the victim, which is good, because so many people do play the victim. You see it all the time. I mean, you see it on Facebook. I mean, it's so funny. And you must just crack up when you see some of the crap people write on Facebook, because what you've been through.
1: But people just bitch about things that you sit there and go, are you serious? Well, I just you're- think Facebook is so weird, because it's like no one puts their real face forward. Very few people, you know, say what's really going on with them, except for me. You know, I'm willing to make myself look really bad on Facebook. I don't care. I think people appreciate it. Though. Uh,
0: I I don't, I don't think I mean I I never look at it saying you are looking bad. I always it they always crack. I mean, but the thing about Facebook is this, you know, we, we all have a lot of friends. I, I'm, I have like 2200. I, I don't get to that 5000 thing yeah, because yeah. I don't just add, I don't know how many you have, but I don't add people just No, I people. don't either. I don't You know either. there's a lot of people do they add and they go no, I don't do Here's that. what I love when they go, "Oh, well, I'm at 5000, I'm going to start i a, a I'm going to start mm. weeding out the, 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 the you know, the herd yeah, and well, if you don't like my comments, but I'm always like, "Well then, get rid of I mean, you know, but that's what sucks is when you have five thousand, you can't read it. When I have two thousand, I don't always really see your posts, and I, I never sit there and go and look for someone's posts. I don't sit right. there and go, oh, you know. So now, is there people you like to follow on Facebook that that posts crack you up? Any comics out there that you sit there and actually get a, a kick out of what they write?
1: Yeah, I mean, Guy Seidel is quite funny. Jason Barber, who's not even a comic, is very funny. Um, Amber Tozer's hilarious, hilarious. If you haven't had her on, you should have her on. She's hilarious. She's, I mean, she is my favorite Facebook poster. I mean, she's, you know, very, very honest also. Um, Yeah, I mean, I know that I'm inappropriate. Like I said the other day, I was like, I vote, we rename, you know, lunch break to masturbation and smoke break. Like, you know, tell me I'm not alone here. People are like, oh my God, you know. I mean, I got called elder by this 30-year-old on Tinder. Elder, my elder, he called, he's like, well, you're my elder, my elder, yeah, it's, it's like, Are first, you kidding me? First of all, who even uses that? No one even Elder. uses that. Elder? It's like, it's like, I
0: don't care. Someone calls me sir. I don't care. I mean,
1: I thought it was hilarious. Hilarious. See, it's so funny as you
0: get older, because I'm 51. And uh, and I'm growing the beard. My girlfriend's like, you gotta. Get rid of I like this. it. You know, it's, it's it's good. I feel like I feel like either someone said I beards like, are very in right I'm in now. I'm like, yeah, but see, that's not. I'm not a hipster. I understand that, but I'm like, just saying they're very like, in. I'm right going now. for the Patinkin from uh, Homeland <laughs> or, or or the Judd Hirsch. That's what someone said to me. They go, Cooper, you look like Judd Hirsch. I said, uh. well, thank you very much. Thanks. They go, come on. But uh, no. Uh, but for me, I know I look older, which always cracks me. As you know, as you get older, you accept it. But when someone calls you elder, if you're a woman, it would piss you off. But for me, what pisses me off is if someone cards me, and I said. There, I, I go you got to be joking me I love that are you but kidding yeah, me for you but for me I'm sitting there going yeah. really I look and I sit there go as it is supposed to be and now you look younger
1: no if, I know I look you see young gray
0: ass beard no I, love, I look hardy. young I but mean you I mean,
1: it just cracks me up because my crazy. last
0: boyfriend was 32 so it's like no is that is that harder? I mean because when I got through my divorce the first girl I dated was 15 years younger than me and it was for me it was hard just because it was such a difference like my girlfriend now is 48
1: well, the person I dated when I was going through my divorce for like six months was actually
0: 52. Can you say for dating someone younger? Is that very, I mean, we're just, how do you guys relate? Because
1: you see. I'm I'm immature. Look at me. I'm in a ripped t-shirt. I have acne. I, you know, I'm, yeah, but, but I'm, I'm totally immature. I'm not your typical 45 year old. No, but you're worldly. You're not, you're
0: not like some little punk. You're, you know, I mean, you sit there, I mean, you, you know, you no older music. I mean, like if you date someone younger, do you ever sit there and listen to music that they listen to and go, are you fucking joking me?
1: You're listening to oh, that yeah, Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. To be honest with you, it's like, first of all, I find some of the 30 year olds, or this one particular one that I was dating for a while, was, they're very emotional and sensitive. They're, it's a bit like dating a girl. To be honest with you, it's they're different from men in their 40s or 50s. I mean, they're, I don't know if it's that whole creepy Burning Man, like, you know, thing, but it's like there. I mean, obviously the sex is a big part of it.
0: Yeah, so, well, see, for me, it was like, and I, as when I get older, it was for me when I dated someone younger, it was like, I- I'll be honest, I'm all about quality, not quantity. Of it's course. It's like, you know, let me do it once, have a sandwich, go to sleep, <laughs> I'm fine, I don't need someone going, and it's like, no, no. I mean, that's just the way, and it's older, I, I, for me, I mean, I'm glad my girlfriend happens to look very young, too, she works out every day, and uh
1: and I'm glad i, don't I seek out younger men. I'd like to meet someone my age. You know, it's just younger men are attracted to me because I'm kind of this wild. But they probably,
0: once thing. you get with them, they're probably like, they probably don't know how to handle you. It's, it's a thing. That's how guys do it. Guys sit that they always want a girl who's like crazy when, right. you, when you're younger. You yeah. know, I want to get someone who's crazy. And then you get that girl when you're crazy and you sit there and go, oh, she's too crazy. So you try to change them. Of and course. If, if it's someone older, if it's a 30 year old to a 30 year old, yeah, but someone older, you probably just smack them around. You're probably like, yeah. I mean, you must scare the shit out of some of these guys.
1: I don't know. I guess. I mean, you know, the ones that I scare the shit out of don't really stick around. So um, some guys can really, you know, school you and handle you. I got schooled by someone who was 30. I was like, oh, my God. So, um, you know, they find me fascinating because I'm kind of, I don't look my age. And they're interested in older women and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I mean, honestly, I don't. I'm not pursuing that. It just kind of is what's coming to me right now. Isn't it crazy how that's actually like the older woman is the thing now? Like when you're younger, like when I was,
0: when we were growing up, it's like older women, like you're 45. You're you're hip looking for I wear a t-shirt. I wear a hat, a beard. When, when I was... Younger, the people who are forty five and fifty were like where I grew Probably for you, growing up in Beverly Hills, where I grew up, it was like guys in like a suit or like the Santa of the Bell course. Sacks. And it's so different how we've we've changed so much. And like the older people are, I think first of all, I think now older women look better than any of the younger women. You look in Hollywood, all the the. Best looking. I mean, I love Jennifer Aniston. I love all those people. They're all 45. Of up. course. And it's amazing how that trend has changed. It used to be like the young starlet. It's like now it's like, no, you don't want the young well,
1: starlet. Well, there's something, you know, about older women, I think, that younger men are attracted to, which is like we're more at ease in our bodies. We're more confident. We're, we know what we want. You know, we're, we're supposed to be less crazy. Uh, we're It's called bien dans, dans le sapo, which is like a French term, which is like, you know, you're, you're well in your skin. You, you, know, you know, it's like there's a confidence and an air of just being at ease with yourself and knowing yourself that older women have. I mean, I, I think I look better than I did when I was younger. I'm definitely more comfortable in my body and my sexuality than I ever was when I was younger.
0: And you piss old people, older the women your age off because you can sit there and go buy small sizes.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm skinny. My, my girlfriend's
0: a size one or a size two, and it's funny. You go into a store, and I I'll, I'll go and like buy jeans. And they're like, "Oh, is it for your daughter?" <laughs> I'm Like, "No, it's for my girlfriend." They look at me I'm like, "No, she's older." It's not, but it's just the look. The, I mean, you probably get weird looks when you go to buy clothes. I mean, because they probably sit there and go, "Oh Christ, you know, look, look, you know, look at her." No, suit. no.
1: I mean, I mean, I d- I definitely dress too young for my age. I think. I mean, I can, you know, I was a CEO's wife. I can pull it together and, you know, dress like a lady when I need to. It's like I, I'm sort of like either like I look like a '70s, you know, supermodel or I look like a you know homeless drug addict. Those are my two looks. There's not it's, that much in between. So always a good look though. Both are very good looks. It's, you know, <laughs> we always say that. Now, stand up. Mm-hmm.
0: In it in a stage now where. Storytelling is so big, Mm -hmm. and it's like I mean I know when I worked with you a few times, you did a lot of jokes set Mm -hmm. up joke set up joke, and it seems like I've talked to comics have been on the show who that's sort of disappearing as set up joke set up joke. It's more storytelling now, isn't that something that I think you would just is it something you've thought about doing because you would just kill it because one you already know how to tell a joke and I think anything it's also I mean for me i doing more storytelling because. We get so used to telling the joke that if you tell
1: a story when you're used to that laugh every few things, it's different. Have you thought about doing these storytelling shows? No, I haven't really thought about it. I mean, you know, I did do a storytelling show called uh, True Tales of Love and Lust and um, my piece that I read got published and it was it's in an anthology now called True Tales of Love and Lust and the piece is called uh, Deep Fried Southern Sex and it's about this guy that I dated, this southern guy, um, like years ago. Um, and that was great. But, uh, you know, I just... I mean, I could. I guess it's like. I mean, I I, I give all my stories to the fix. They, have, you know, well, what's the I other sell one? my firstborn to them. I so the
0: other one, you're place, the site you're writing for. What was it called?
1: Oh, I don't write for them anymore. I did write for After Party Chat, but I was like, you know, and then I do some freelance stuff. I just did a piece for Cosmo Latina and Refiner Twenty Nine and some sex zines. Okay, so look, it's like, like how,
0: what do you write for Cosmo Latina? I mean, it's like it's such it a was, different thing. I, yeah, I, I, well, well, that was you.
1: me being very clean. They said, you know, would you date a guy less successful than you? And we want, you know, the yes side. And you know, for two hundred fifty bucks, all I can say yes to anything. So I, I said, yeah, I can, I can give you the yes side of that. So. I mean, I'm not Latina. I mean, I have my mom lived in Mexico. I mean, my you know, it's like I've got some Spanish blood in me, but it was just a I think a one off. I'm not. I don't think that that's going to be. I mean, I did. I gave them what they wanted. Now, how do you sit there and look for these writing gigs? I mean, do they come to you? Yeah, or do they you, do come to read, me. So people. I mean, I've submitted to for other magazines, but right now i have been so busy with this advice column, I don't even really have time to do that. And you know, I have I have the platform at the Fix for whatever I want to write. I can write whatever I want for them. I mean, it's got to be somewhat. You know, addiction or recovery based. Now the 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 advice column. You just fall into that job, or they came at the. Um, I applied for it on Craigslist like a year ago, and they'd already hired someone, and I'd forgotten about it. And then all of a sudden, she contacted me and said, "Oh, I have this comic working for me," and I didn't realize that all comics weren't funny. Hello, and uh, it's not really working out. And your your letter and your resume stood out out of four hundred people. Are you still available? And I said, Yeah
0: what make what do you think make your letter different i mean do you, do you have a great intro letter is it something like the when you sent the cover letter? is it something different i mean what, what, what
1: yeah, you, i think she really liked she liked all my writing samples she thought i was funny and smart and edgy and all that kind of stuff i mean i don't know exactly why i i just kind of am me so uh it's intense i'm learning a lot but it's an intense intense gig so how's your body dealing with watching a little kid i mean because they got it has to be a handful does it tire you out oh my god yeah are you kidding me i mean that's why how i got sciatica from carrying a you know a fat one-year-old on my hip you know (laughs) i mean both me and the mom the mom is 38 both of us are getting like shoulder pain and neck pain and with the masseuses around the corner know us really really well uh this kid is huge she's 95th percentile for height and weight really yeah so so, the, I guess, I
0: think you should start doing stand up again. I just yeah. you, you gotta do something. What do you, what do you do for fun now? I mean, do you, do you have hobbies? I mean, do you do? Any- I mean, I haven't been to the gym. I,
1: I mean, I am. Well, you yeah. were going to the gym for a while. I remember your post? I was really into the gym for a while, and that's fallen away. And then my friend's nine year old daughter last night grabbed my tushy, and she said, "You have a gushy mushy tushy." I thought, when a nine-year-old tells you that your ass is flabby, it might be time to get back to the gym. Like, I need to, you know, but I'm sitting on my tush all day writing, you know, and editing this chick's, you know, advice column. Or I'm, you know, in the playpen with the one-year-old, you know, doing, you know, uh, Lady Marmalade with puppets, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm creating a small serial killer. I know I am. I know I'm creating a a really, you know, I did these poison, like, (whistles) where I pretend to, like, shoot poison darts at her, and I (whistles) go, and she's gonna do that in nursery school and we're gonna all be in trouble you know or <laughs> well, I play bar we were like doing this thing I was like you want a double shot of Jaeger? here you go and she's like hysterically laughing and the mom was like what are you guys doing and I go we're playing bar she's like oh good That's- great great <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> So, so when
0: you worked out, what what, what what did you do a heavy cardio? I mean, how do you work? Because I work out. No, if I do I cardio, hate.
1: I'll be, you know, Auschwitz winter casuals. I'll be way too skinny. Use. I was just doing, yeah, I'm a lanky desert Jew. I, I I need to just do weights. I need to put muscle on. That's it. I don't need to do cardio.
0: Now, the smoking. Is it, I mean, do you really, I mean, what, have you stopped for a while? Or yeah, you, I've been bit. on and
1: off for years. It's I'm not really a smoker, but I'm stressed right now. So, you know, I just got my heart kind of fractured and, you know, this job is stressing me out and so uh, that's kind of what I lean on. But I don't see me doing it for very long. I mean...
0: It's a bad habit.
1: It's disgusting. And the I mean, vaping, the vaping, the e-cigarettes, they always bother but me. But they gave me really, really bad lung infection, too. The e-cigarettes? Yeah.
0: Well, I think because it's, it's, it's not normal. I mean, and for me, basically, say, hey, you know, if I'm going to smoke an e-cigarette, I'm going to smoke a regular cigarette. Because, you know, it's going to still raise my heart rate. It's still gonna yeah, heart I pressure. like the
1: e-cigs better because they don't smell. You get the nicotine, but you don't. But the car. Whatever's in cigarettes give me a really bad headache. So I I live on Advil when I smoke and and Listerine strips. I mean, just the smell is just so disgusting. Isn't it amazing that and we do that? I mean, even when I smoked, you sit there
0: and now that I don't smoke, you you notice how bad. It's disgusting.
1: Oh, I knew a nurse and she used to wear a knitted hat and gloves when she smoked. So it wouldn't be on her fingers or her hair. And you still smell though.
0: It's like for me, I'll go out to a bar and I'll sit there and go, okay, I used to smoke. And you don't snuck you know, it, go outside have a cigarette because then, especially in Burbank, you have right. to go like behind a little corner because you can't smoke in the right, public. right, right. Of course, there's one bar where you can you can't smoke on this side, but you can go in front of the apartment building where everyone's walking and you can smoke there, which makes no sense. But now I was sitting there when I smell it. I go, I mean, it's it's really oh, it's gross foul, and no, it's, it's really it doesn't gross. get it doesn't come out. It's not like when oh, I know. When people do a mint.
1: It, it's not getting I know. Rid of it. I know. Now,
0: now, would you date a smoker? Have, I mean, do you date smokers, or does that, is that a turn-off mm, for you?
1: You know, because I'm so on and off with it. Like, you know, when someone tells me they love smoking, they're a smoker. It's like, mm. You know, so, I mean... I- I really hope it's a temporary thing. I, I tend to pick things up and I'll sort of, you know, ride it till the wheels fall off and then I I put it down. That's kind of my my mo with everything—men and cigarettes and <laughs> drugs and whatever. So it's like you know, either I'm doing something or I'm not doing it. You know, meditation, gym, writing. There's not really—I don't have too many gears. I have on and off. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So you know you, I'm stooping people or I'm celibate. Like I don't really. <laughs> you use the word stooping, which you know I, I I I know I know what that
0: means. I, I, that's my dad. <laughs> you my know, daddy that's kind
1: that. of that's kind of my thing but it's like so uh yeah i mean i want to write a book and uh, and all that stuff but uh that's uh yeah that's what's going on what
0: is your writing process Did you just get up and write as you said you're on or off Did you just get right say i gotta write this i mean not not for yeah, your I job mean, right now but for like oh uh, for, for, for the fix stuff, stuff like that.
1: it just i get inspired and i mean for me i, I sit down it comes to me it's like a, it's like being channeled it's it's so easy And, uh, I mean, my first draft, I send it to my dad, my dad makes a couple edits, move this here, I think this ending is good, I don't, blah, blah. And then I tweak it and I send it to my editor and that's it. Where in the woman I'm writing for, I mean, she does, you know, I go through 14 pages of, you know, possible stuff that could go into a 500 word thing. I mean, seven versions of the same sentence, that's just not the way I write. I don't, I mean, I, I admire her process, seems a little ADD, but that's just not the way, I mean, I delete something, it's gone moving forward to me it just all comes together it's just a, it's like channeled and i did a whole thing on huffington post about the link between addiction uh, and creativity and how they, we both are you know it's seeking transcendence it's seeking to pu- you know plug into something bigger than you because when you're in the creative flow whether it's comedy or music or writing or sex whatever it is you're in that flow and you're kind of out of yourself and you're not thinking and you're just kind of connected to something bigger and that's you know creativity and that's what we all I was seeking in drugs and alcohol too is that kind of connection and that flow and being out you know free from the bondage of myself
0: now when your dad edits it do you ever disagree with the edits? And is it weird? Is, is, but does he sit there? I mean, if you sit there and go, I mean, do you no ever way.
1: To- my my, I, you know, I, my dad is spot on always. So you send it to him. He edits it. Yeah, and he'll just add move this here. I move that here. I think the ending is repetitive, and that's it. You know, now, he doesn't go through it with a fine tooth. Or I'll p- p- pick a couple typos. No, I, I absolutely admire and respect my father.
0: Now, you edit people's work, too, right? Yes. Now, now how did you get into that? Too? And how did, I, know you I just for- finished editing
1: a friend's book. Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. So, I was editing her beauty book. Um, and just she just asked me. You know so I just would go through and I know her humor really well from her stand-up and we're very good friends and I'd say hey you can this is an opportunity for a joke here you can do you can come up with a funnier joke here you know could connect you know condensed it cleaned it up grammar all that kind of stuff
0: do you enjoy doing that I mean is that something you would want to go down the road do more often I mean because you're a writer and I think it's something that editing must does it
1: mm, I don't lo- I don't you know I'm, I'm good at it I don't love it you know it's exhausting
0: but you you know you you're bored you know you mm-hmm. get in that mode. Okay, so now now okay. You're, what are you? Tell me about your like your last three Tinder dates. I want to hear because we have about eight oh, minutes left. That's what I just want to because your stories are great. Tell me, tell me. First of all, tell me the biggest train wreck Tinder date you've had that you look and go man, either the guy just what the biggest jerk you met, like just a
1: pompous dick. Um, the the biggest jerk I dated for a month. He was a music. DJ, producer, or something like that. I thought he was gay when I showed up. I, th- I said, are you gay? And he said, no. I said, uh, have you have been with men? He said, no. And I said, have you thought about it? You know. <laughs> and he just, he put me in my place, though. He was just, I wrote a piece about it. He's like, put the mic down. You're not on stage. Like, stop trying to scare me away with all your stories, because you're going to be someone totally different with me. I mean, he just owned it. And we dated for a month, but he was like a total sociopath. Um, I dated someone who... Who dumped me because but he'd been in prison for six years so you're judging me about my past but you've been actually in prison for six years what was he in prison for uh burglary when he was a kid okay but still six years so he's still, yeah so he he
0: dumped you because yeah. we you- had
1: a really great first date and then he read some of the stuff and some of it made him uncomfortable and he was like i'm, I'm out i'm like okay he was 35
0: well, I mean, it, it must be intimidating. Especially re- I just said you are a, a person. I mean, you can find stuff. If people Google you, they can find stuff about you.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, But it's like,
0: it, it, I mean, it's something I just get intimidated by that.
1: No, I know, but I'm so much bigger. I mean, like, you really need to know. I'm really, really kind of a sweet sweet loving girl you know what i mean, always, I I talk, you what mean? Been very nice yeah i, 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 I would not I like I that I would've, I would've <laughs> look
0: at you and think oh yeah she's gonna she's
1: gonna come at me with a butter knife
0: you know, you know <laughs> if i asked the wrong question she hit me with a butter it was knife. a
1: sourdough <laughs> cutting knife it's, it was you know i had a snub that, nose it was it was a big knife but it was not you But know, it wasn't a sharp knife no um but uh the last date was someone where i felt like he, he was very objectifying and so i unmatched him and he found me on facebook and tracked me down now, see, I always <laughs> which I, I thought was creepy, but I admired his a for effort and persistence. And he just said, "If you're going to unmatch me, you should have told me why and be a big girl about it." And and I was like, "Ooh!" And so I I went out with him.
0: Oh, well, see, okay. I'm saying it must be hard for women. I always think it must be hard for women. I, I get run into it trying to get guests because people sit there. Everyone has a podcast, and they send people yeah. about this and that and that. And then people don't know. And I, you know, people I get are. Bigger, a lot of our bigger names. So you sit there and they just get weirdos. I mean, you you must get like oh my god, you must get like. I mean, I I feel, I really do feel bad sometimes for women on social media because oh, it's horrific. The guy, you guys, I mean, you guys get so harassed, and and that what sucks is then when there's a nice guy, you know, then. You sit there and you must get jaded at times.
1: Well, there's a mix. You know what I mean? It's There's got to be a middle ground. If you come off just too nice, it's okay, can I ask for your number? You know, It's like women are attracted to alpha male. At least I am. I'm attracted to an alpha male. Not so much a jerk, but someone who is confident and isn't going to be scared by me and is going to be assertive and aggressive because that's sexy because I'm a very aggressive person. So I need someone who... Is gonna be like, I'm gonna put you in your place. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm taking control. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. I like that. it's like it's like the leaders of nations who like to be put in diapers and paddled. You know exactly. what I mean? Like it's always the aggressive women who are actually really submissive in bed and that kind of stuff. I think uh, I have the perfect match for you, uh, <laughs> Putin. You <should laughs> Putin. Putin and a Jewish girl would be perfect. He's
0: aggressive. He rides horses. He's topless. Wearing... I'm telling you, I can see it. You got to hit him up. You know that guy's on Tinder. I look Russian. It could work. Yeah, I'm telling you, you and Putin. That's see, that's. <laughs> That's your next article. You do a a, a comedy article about meet my date with Putin. And you talk about that. I'm telling you, I know this stuff. I'm telling you, I'm not lying. I would read that. I would sit there and go, go, I'd say to my girlfriend, oh my God, this girl Amy was on my show. She actually, she dated Putin. I don't believe it. So, so you, you said you want to you want to get married again? Yeah. Okay, but you know, kids, you know, because you're getting too older, so kids.
1: Yeah, like- you know, I mean, never say never. I mean, having babysitting and being the nanny to this little girl has been so amazing. It's really I, I, I've gotten in touch with a really soft, nurturing, loving, maternal side, and I have a connection to this kid that is just unreal. I mean, the kid loves me so much sees me cry hold me cry you know really really attached to me and uh it's you know there's there's a there's the laughter of a baby is just unreal so uh never say never but i'm you know i'm 45 i don't know i got pregnant like a year or two ago and i miscarried right away um, so I don't know that I'm actually could have babies, but, um, I, I guess I'd be open to it, but it's a lot of work. It's right. really a lot of work. Especially when you get older. I mean, I, I have a friend. I'm t- Yeah. I'm tired just nanning for five yeah. hours. It's I, like, I can't imagine having it the whole time. So it's like, but yeah, I would like to get married again. Uh, I liked having a partner in crime. I liked having, you know, belonging to someone and having a household with someone. And although I, you know, screwed it up and I wasn't ready for an, uh, that person and I don't think it was the greatest match. I, I still... I'd still like to do that again.
0: Would you ever leave LA or is this, is this your roots? Would you ever,
1: uh, you know, never say never. I mean, depending on the situation, you know, if I fell madly in love with the person, cause I can write from anywhere. Right. So if they were like, come to Europe or come to New York or come, you know, sure.
0: So we want to know when the book, when the book coming out, yeah, that's what we know. <laughs> you got to write a book. You have too many good stories. Just, you should dabble in it. Just do it on the side when you're working your other stuff. I'm telling you, you have the best stories. And I'm telling you, people would read that stuff. People love it.
1: I know. Everyone's been asking me, all my fixed Right, uh, Look, Bright Lights but, Big City was a huge I know. Seller. They're all like, oh God, tell us, you know, when are you writing a book? I want to read more. I want to read more. And it's like, just the dating horror stories alone. Jesus, right? Have now. you ever thought of having a dating advice column like the anti-dating
0: advice? I mean, you'd be perfect.
1: <laughs> <sighs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't have the answers. I, You know, I called my sponsor this morning about a guy and he said, honey, I just want to remind you that he's not your enemy. He's your choice, and if you don't like it, then choose someone else. I was like, oof, it's hard though. When you get it's always it's you know. He said, you keep putting your hand on the stove, and it keeps burning you, and it keeps hot. It's it's still hot. Like, sorry, you're not. You know, I mean, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Don't you know? Don't paint the red flags white, which is what I do. I mean, as women, we want to think, oh, you know, I'm going to change him. He'll be different with me, and that's really just not realistic. No one. It's hard enough to change ourselves.
0: We have two minutes left well to talk and then I have to wrap up tell the people where to find your stuff how to get
1: uh, I'm on Twitter at Amy Dresner are, are you, do you tweet a lot yeah it comes in bursts are you link to Facebook when you tweet no but it's usually the same stuff sometimes the stuff on Twitter is more outrageous okay. and dark and in your face and but it has stuff to be shorter
0: so yeah. you, write, you write good long form yeah
1: so. uh, Facebook uh, Amy Dresner on Facebook you can stuff uh, you can find my stuff on The Fix you Google me, you can find all a bunch of articles I've written. They're all been picked up by Alternate and Salon and Huffington Post, and I'm all over the place. All my old bad stand-up from a couple of years ago is still on there. And
0: I Googled you, and I didn't get a chance to watch it because I, I was there. Going, oh okay, God! No, no, no. There was a uh, you have a interview, a Skype interview on Huff Post.
1: Yeah, that's the Huffington Post Live. That was uh, the addiction and creativity thing, now, which was really cool because. Um, jerry stall was the week before me so i was really 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 flattered jerry stall i sent him a tweet I, I had i had a last minute cancellation i sent him a
0: tweet on a uh and i love i love his. oh my god totally i sent him a tweet and honestly 10 minutes later okay dude i'll do it so awesome and then he comes in and and it's just brilliant Plant. he went through his whole you know the 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 treatment you know yeah. the because now he doesn't have uh hepatitis anymore he went through a certain drug. And I was like, wow, it's just so cool because it's just and the stories he has just like his Gnarly. and he has this video of his book and it's like, he's driving around trying to pitch his book and Ben Stiller's in the video and Michael, like everyone's in his, in this book and people who aren't in Hollywood who don't read a lot,
1: don't know who he is, but yeah. the guy knows everybody. Oh my God. I love Jerry Stahl. Love him. I was really, really flattered to be a guest like in that same, that same series.
0: Well, I want to thank you for coming back on. I hope you, you had fun. So it was, uh, it was it's been fun. a long time. You yeah.
1: know, I, you know I, last time we talked
0: about, for, I don't know, it was half music and, I, and you know, we haven't talked. <laughs> I couldn't do a lot of research on you because I know you, but I always do research on my people. So anyway, but yeah, so people go check her out. It's at Amy Dresner. Your, yeah,
1: your, D-R-E-S-N-E-R. Read A-M-R. her stuff.
0: Yeah. Look it up. It's great. Seriously. And uh, follow me at Twitter. That's at Cooper Talk. I tweet a lot. I tweet a lot of jokes. I'm always telling what's up. Um also you can go to my website, Coopertalk.net. I have about three hundred and twenty five episodes up. This Saturday I'll be at IO West, the story these uh story show i'm doing a 10-minute story i'm not sure which one i'm gonna do i've been on that podcast twice i've told two stories i don't know which one i'm gonna do but one's either about when i dressed up as a piece of corn and got paid 35 <laughs> or the others when i wrapped my up tele- my fiero around the telephone pole around the corner from my parents house and i was wearing leather pants also uh keep listening the rest of december we have some great guests in so the next few weeks andrea roth who's on rescue me um mark valley's coming back for the third time wendy Leavens coming back for the fourth time greg barrett's coming on i just got some great guests are gonna keep coming out through the year and, yeah, Facebook, uh, iTunes and uh, Stitcher, one word, Cooper Talk. You can find me there. Send me an email, cooper, at coopertalk.net, and get my app. It's on the Android Play Store. Just type in Cooper Talk, and you'll find it. So be careful out there. Remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, don't drink and drive. You guys have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon.